Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a weekly dive of all the news, discussion, and insights you need for virtual reality gaming. This podcast is brought to you by Asterian Products, a top-selling company on Amazon designing revolutionary products for VR and AR, including the well-known and... I'm Kaylee Eliza, a VR artist, musician, and VR workshop leader. And I'm Lipnox, and I do YouTube videos mostly on SideQuest games for the Oculus Quest 2. Our podcast is here to keep you up to date in the VR realm. We answer questions from our communities, followed by some of the latest, greatest VR news. And then we discuss the games, topics, whatever's going on in the VR industry. Uh, we'll be talking about some really crazy things that happened uh, in the last few weeks here with me and some other stuff in VR. So hang out for that. If you haven't seen our YouTube channel, we are all sitting here face to face. So come hang out with us on YouTube, where you can engage with us through the comments and our occasional live streams. Jay, what questions do we have to ask our listener? Or- What questions do we have from our listeners? We got an interesting question from Monster Boy. He asks, how do you guys upload your stuff to Spotify? So basically, you have to have a hosting website if you have a podcast, or at least it makes it a lot easier if you do. Ours is Captivate.fm if you want to check them out. And basically, all we have to do is upload the episode there, change some of the change, you know, the description, whatever we want to say. And then it sends it out to Spotify, iTunes, Google, Ghana, Overcast, everywhere. It distributes it for you. And then it even gives you analytics from all of them. It says, hey, iTunes had 100 downloads today. Spotify had 60 downloads. And it tells you all that. So if you're out there and you're looking to get into a podcast, Captivate's what we use. I don't know if it's one of the best or I don't know any of that, but it works pretty well for us. So hopefully that helps you out, Monster Boy. That's kind of funny that that was one of the questions because I actually wondered that myself. So thank you for giving insight on that, Jay. <laughs> now you know if you want to if you want to start a podcast on the side, little little yeah, something. Well, I, of your I own. just always wondered what, how the process happened because it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what? If, maybe I don't know if I want to necessarily go to that extent, but uh, I mean, I'm I, I just thought about it. I guess I'm on Spotify now, so I can tell people I'm on Spotify. There you go. Yeah, you're on Spotify. Bucket list. <laughs> So Beef asks, for any PC VR users, what's the best tool add-on you use in your day-to-day? Yeah, uh, Kaylee, you, you kind of came up with a description. What was that you said? Oh, so yeah, I was wondering, I, I assumed uh, like what they what they were referring to as VR add-ons, but I always thought of them as like a, wid- like a virtual widget. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was like the best way that I thought like to describe it. I think that's perfect. Lip, you use several, don't you? Yeah, I've, I actually just started using one recently too. But the main one that I think everyone, if you have Steam VR needs, is the OVR Advanced Play Space Mover thing. So I can just drag myself around my play space, which means if I'm sitting, if I'm standing, I can always fix it. And if games don't support proper movement, I can get around it and go where I need to go, which is a big deal for me in the Steam VR home environments because I really don't like that you can only teleport in those. And I also use one to get notifications sent from my phone to the VR headset. So if I'm playing VR, I don't have to look outside of VR. And I'm after watching your 10 days in VR, Jay, I noticed uh-huh. that you were having trouble looking at your phone all the time. So yep. maybe maybe you need to get the same application. That's where I'm terrible at this stuff because I've heard of all these amazing uh, widgets, as Kaylee so eloquently put it. And I don't use like any of them. I always just use the Oculus overlays because they're pretty intuitive and they do, they do what I needed to do. But then when it came to the 10 days in VR, I... Uh, started using a Valve Index, and I had no idea how to navigate my computer in Steam. So I installed the OVR toolkit, but I barely knew what I was doing. I ended up just eventually using Steam's own stuff. But now that you say that about being able to move you around your play space, I'm like, oh, man, that would be so nice because it's always the play space is never quite right. You know, you always need it to be in a different spot because you're too close to a wall or something. So I'm going to look into that one further and figure that out because that 
that sounds like a vast improvement over what I'm dealing with at the moment. The, the, I, I honestly, the, the play space mover is really easy to set up and it is that that part is totally free. I know the advanced toolkit you have to pay money for. And mm-hmm. since Steam incorporated that feature into their Steam thing, I kind of feel like the advanced toolkits kind of not really important anymore to buy because Steam just includes it now. But that, that Steam feature that you were using only got added like two months ago. Yeah, I heard that had, that was new. I remember we kind of talked about it and I was excited to have that because that was a lot more familiar to me, like the Oculus stuff I was used to. So that was helpful in, in the whole I think, 10 I think days. that one integrates into your computer anyway, so it runs a lot smoother so it's, since it's not like loading something extra. It's just your computer is already being run through Steam, so it just works. Okay, that makes sense. I uh, really need one for, for when I'm into. I need some kind of like alarm system for when I'm in Tilbrus or something, because <laughs> like that that would be so useful if there was something that told me to drink water or like get up and eat something or like you loser get out of VR. Like I really need like because I swear like that that's my biggest problem um, is like forgetting the time or like not realizing how long I've been in Tilbrus for. And um, something like that that would like pop up or something and tell me the time like reminds me like how long i've been that's be so useful tell you it's time even, to stop even like a stopwatch that you have just on your desktop that you just have the yeah one of those one of those things to be able to see the corner in your screen so when you look to the side oh there's your you know timer that says oh yeah, you've been exactly. in vr for three hours you should probably have a drink of water because yeah three hours <laughs> yeah that would actually be so good kaylee what do you think the longest you've ever stayed in on accident was um well, it's probably like one of the first times, which is probably eight eight hours. Whew. That's no joke. Well, there's another question, but it's kind of you kind of heard a teaser just now for what we're going to be talking about in the discussion. I recently spent 10 days straight in virtual reality, uh, and so we'll be having a whole discussion section on all that. So I'm going to leave Crud Nation's question for when we get there. So we'll move into some news and talk about that. First, we got to tell you about our sponsor for today's podcast. You know Asterian products. You know about their gorgeous Aura VR headset stand. We told you about it before. If you haven't checked it out, if you haven't gotten one, go check it out. They actually just launched a product called the Origin, which is a VR mat, which helps you stay in your play space and not crash into things. But people liked it so much, it's already sold out. So sorry if you heard us talking about that and you wanted to get one. There should be more coming at some point, but go check them out. Full Dive 2.1, Full Dive 21 on Amazon for some extra savings. And we got reason to celebrate here. Uh, this last week, we got a, a kind of semi-unofficial announcement that the Oculus Quest 2 or the Meta Quest 2, whatever the heck you're calling it these days, hit over 10 million sales units. And then we got an immediate retraction saying, just kidding. Uh, so basically, Qualcomm, the provider of the chips that go into the Quest 2, the CEO had spoken out and said, oh, yeah, they've, they've, we've, we've sold like 10 million of these already. And everyone got all excited because that would be a huge milestone for the Quest 2. That would actually mean it had basically sold more headsets than any of the others combined. But then they pretty quickly backed off on that. Oculus keeps these numbers to themselves. What do you two think? Do you think it's possible that 10 million have even sold? Is there that many out there in the world or is there that many sitting in shelves on stores? What do you think? I, I think honestly, because I do other consoles, I've always looked at these numbers because it's always, you know, how much is this system sold this much? Because, you know, you can predict how hard a developer or is going to try on games. So when the Wii U is not selling well, you know, can't really expect too much from developers to make games for Wii U, for example. Mm-hmm. And the Oculus Quest 2 is a big deal with developers where we have to convince them to make big games for this. Mm-hmm. And a ten million or ten million units sold sounds pretty good, I think, in developers' ears. 
but I do think that these numbers are more how many have shipped outside of the factory, not necessarily how many have been purchased or how many are even in stores. And I think in that regard, I think 10 million is pro- it's probably pretty close to 10 million, but I mm-hmm. think it's shipped, not actual purchased yet. I think that makes sense. What do you think, Kaylee? Yeah, I agree. I don't really, I haven't really thought of, thought about it that way, but I think, I guess that makes more sense. Well, especially from a chip manufacturer being the one to speak. I mean, they have to manufacture those chips to get them to Oculus before those even hit the shelves. I think I wouldn't be surprised if we're close, but we did get a little bit of a peek behind the curtain when the recall happened on the Quest 2. They said that 4 million had sold in the United States. That's how they were basing these numbers on the recall. So we don't know how many have gone to other countries. It does seem like the United States is definitely the front runner of purchasing them. So I would be a little surprised if it was quite at 10 million, but at some point, they've got to give us some numbers. They've got to announce something because we know that the PSVR, the last time they ever told us anything, had sold 5.2 million. That was years ago. And that was the last time we heard numbers from them. I, I'd like to know that the Quest 2 has passed that mark, and I'm sure it has. But Oculus is so bad about telling us anything. It drives me crazy. So they got to they start giving us some numbers. You know, Let us know how it's doing. Maybe they don't want to. I don't know. <laughs> we, we might be able to get ideas from Steam if mm-hmm. we can figure out how many users are using oculus quest 2 headsets on pc it might be a good representation of numbers that way but i I do i do agree i I wish these companies would be more transparent about yes the actual numbers because it's like you know what even if it's only eight million i would be bragging about eight million i'd be all over the news being like i sold eight million oculus quest 2 headsets vr (laughs) is here we have to buy this headset this is this is the future people are making games for this because that's the thing. I see all these developers keep making PC VR stuff. And I'm like, the money's on Quest 2. Look how many headsets they've sold. Yeah. And the hard thing, too, we know that Steam VR has the most Quest 2s now over any other headset being used on Steam VR. But I can tell you personally, I have a Quest 2. My neighbor has a Quest 2. My last uh, Mario and Josh and our in-laws, out of all that six Quest 2s, only one of them uses it on a PC and that's me. So there's definitely a lot more than what's being used on PC out in the wild. So hopefully Oculus find at least when it hits 10 million, they better tell us something because we're all sitting here wondering what the heck's going on with the numbers. So come on, Oculus, let us know what's going on. Uh, speaking of sales of all of these, uh, there's some more news you're going to tell us about, isn't there, Lip? Yeah, we have a whole bunch of Black Friday deals or Cyber Monday, I guess, or Cyber Week. So I guess these are still going on. Yeah. But these are bunch of deals the first one is the vive cosmos set which is being discounted for uk customers it's available for 4.99 in the uk i guess that's pound and this is down from 6.99 so that's pretty huge savings most of the stuff doesn't really go on sale at all what do you think kaylee you're in the uk are you gonna buy a vive cosmos for 500 um i don't know i think i think we're just gonna stick to I, I, I'm kind of keen to, I, because of the way that I use I'm using it for my work and um, and the I don't know that my workflow and I don't really want to like I'm not really in the position to like change that right now I think like when I have like more time and things like that and I have like maybe like a really like free period to start experimenting and like switching between um, hardware but not right now I definitely in the future though definitely because that would be like an artist changing their paintbrush like to a whole different handle and shape, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, and I I really wouldn't mind doing that because um I I used to use both uh university um but I just just right now I think it would be I've got like so much on my plate already I'd be like ah but, um, 
but no, definitely in the future, I'm not like completely like strict to like just using Oculus or, or Meta for the rest of my life or anything. But, uh, but yeah, right now maybe not so good. But yeah, no, I'd be I'd be up for that. Well, if you're out there and you've been waiting, I guess that is a pretty good deal. Seeing some of that savings, I definitely I, I have a hard time with some of the Vive stuff. But what else is on sale? Uh, so more Vive stuff. <laughs> we got the uh, Vive Pro full kit, which is available for uh, nine nineteen in the UK and eight ninety nine in the US, which okay. is the savings of it says three hundred two hundred three hundred dollars American, I guess, and two hundred pounds. So that that's that's another pretty big discount. That actually puts it lower than the cost of a full index kit, but you don't get the index controls. You're still dealing with the Vive ones, even if it's a 2.0 version, the Vive Pro headset. I've been thinking about, do I want a new PC headset? And this didn't tempt me at all. If this was $600, I might have considered it. But 900 you get the versus 12. With this though, right? Yeah, you do. And so that's okay. that's something. But if it also had index controllers, maybe. But it's going to come with controllers I don't want with touchpads on them. It's going to, you know, it's just not quite there for me. But I don't know. It, does this tempt either of you at all? Does anything Vive tempt you at this rate? <laughs> I don't no. know. No. <laughs> I, I love Vive Infinity, but like the Oculus Quest is just the, the price point. It's like incomparable. Yeah. You can't be. And I like my Quest 2. Like, I have my Quest 2 comfortable in a way that I don't even know if I can get the Vive to be that comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true, true. What else we got? Uh, and then we also have this. This one actually does interest me. The Vive Pro I full kit. And this is discounted from to Sorry, discounted to 1099 American and 1099 pound. I, 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 it, I guess it's the same either way. Um, yeah. savings of 300 and 200 pounds. And yeah. for me, I am super into the whole thing of like eye tracking. I feel like eye tracking is like the biggest feature that we don't have on the quest Two that I desperately want. So that I want that. <laughs> I can't afford yeah. it. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. $1,100. Yeah. It's, it's a good deal that it's cheaper now, but that's still $1,100. I mean, yeah, no way. Uh, this next deal actually got me a little tempted. What's the next one lip? Uh, so this is the HP Reverb G2, and uh, surprisingly, this is down to three ninety nine, which is at that at that point, that's that's Quest Two. Yeah, yeah, you're getting to a Quest Two price range. I need a new PC headset. The HP Reverb G2 is known for having amazing visuals, uh, very almost no screen door effect, but the controller tracking can be subpar. Uh, I've, and I've that's... also heard compatibility too, so with some games. Mm. That's a Windows mixed reality issue. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm on the fence with that one myself. I've thought about it a little bit, but I think all of us here, Kaylee, you're, you're not looking to switch right now, even at even at that low of a price. Yeah, no, not right now. <laughs> well, we got a little I bit. Think, of I, think, I think when I think when they did the Oculus event thing and they showed the prototype stuff for the Cambria, uh -huh. it was basically just like, don't buy anything else. Just buy <laughs> Oculus. Just accept it. You're just going to buy us. So just wait and we'll have our headset. That's what that's what that video basically said to me is that as much as I would love to try something else, it just I just can't. There's, it's just not worth it. You just have to wait basically for more news. Yeah. Speaking of Meta actually has a little bit of a deal going on, right? Yeah. Well, right now, many retailers and Oculus or Meta are also offering a $50 store credit uh, or other gift card with the purchase yep. of MetaQuest 2. So I know if you buy from the Oculus website, I think it's like an Oculus $50 credit. Yep. And then if you buy from Amazon, I think it's $50 Amazon credit. But that, yep. I mean, not, not now the cheapest headset is $50 cheaper. 
Yeah. One thing I don't know is if this discount also applies to the larger size headset as well, or if it's only the 128 gigabyte version. But e- either way, you know, 128 gigabytes is is fine, and 250 dollars for a headset is is insane. That, that's an amazing <laughs> deal. Plus, you can still get the 30 dollar referral bonus. So that's 220 dollars to get into VR. See that that's worth it, man. That is a low yeah. price <laughs> quest Two, you get some games out of the gate. Actually, a lot of games with 80 bucks in credit. That's a sweet deal. If you're out there and you've been on the fence, get this deal before it ends. I feel a little bad that Adam on our podcast just got a quest Two not that long ago. And I sent him a referral link and I don't think either of us ever got the 30 bucks. because I think he ended up buying it directly from a store and it was before this happened. So I feel like we kind of missed out there, but Adam's not here, so he won't know. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I will say with the referral link, it takes 30 days until that actually goes through. So if you did click that stuff and it's not there, you have 30 days and it'll come. But it the whole process seemed like people had to like click the link the right time. And honestly, if someone's excited about VR, I'm not expecting them to go look for links to click on. They just yep. want to turn the headset on and set it up. Yep. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Some good, good sales out there. If you're looking for it, check it out. We're going to talk about some stuff in the VR world as far as in my VR world. But first, we got to tell you, you know, you know, Asterian products and their high quality VR headset stands. If you want to go to AsterianProducts.com and save five bucks off anything on their website, 1999 or more, make sure you use that code full dive, check out their aura VR headset stand, check out their headphone stand that looks just like it. The vertex. I have them all sitting here next to me and they're awesome. But both of, you know, you, you popped in some, I recently spent 10 straight days in virtual reality, mostly between an index and an Oculus quest Two. the basic rules were everything I did in life had to be in a headset except for shower breaks, which I did take up to two per day, up to 30 minutes for each one, just because I didn't want to take my quest in the shower and ruin it. But besides that bathroom breaks, brushing teeth, anything I'd pop a quest two on and use pass through for. Uh, and it was, it was quite the experience. I learned a lot. So we got a couple questions here from the discord about it. So I'll answer those real fast. And then from here, we'll just kind of go back and forth. You guys can ask me, ask me anything and everything, any curiosity you think people might have out there, but crud nation asks, did you ever get any really bad headaches or nausea being in for that long? And I've got to say, I didn't at all. I was really surprised by that because normally I use a Rift S and I wear contact lenses and usually my eyes are going nuts during, even during this podcast, three hours later. But with the Valve Index and the Quest 2, I was able to adjust the IPD. I was using prescription lenses instead of using my contacts and I never had an issue with headaches, nausea, any of it. Super shocked about that. Uh, Rip also asked, what are some of the best parts about spending 10 days in VR? I think we'll definitely get into those a little bit. I think time flew by. I'm not sure if I would consider that a good or a bad thing, but I was also streaming. Uh, And so that really, my time just rocketed by. I couldn't believe how quickly it was over. So you two, you kind of popped in. You were supporting me, helping out. What are some of the questions you had? Kaylee, what are are some curiosities that I can answer for you? Oh, there was a few. So um. What I was wondering was like how it whether because you, it was like such a consistent amount of time in the headset, you know, like be, being in that simulation that for that long. I'm wondering like ha, has it affected like how you view VR now? Like when you go back in now, sit like since since having that experience, or do you, you, do you just see it exactly the same? It well, the really weird thing it took about a week before my brain started to have like a it actually started to recognize things in VR as real instead of 
you know, oh, this is just VR. So like it started to get to where avatars, people's avatars in VR chat, because their hands were moving like a real humans, because their head was bouncing around stuff. It actually felt like I was looking at people and not avatars, which was the weirdest thing. It took over a week for that to even start to kick in. But even today, I went back to do a stream and just a normal Beat Saber stream. And I was like, oh, I need to go fix something with the stream. And my my instinct was still, oh, you're in VR. You can't get out of VR. Fix it in VR. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm going to pop the headset off. I'm going to run on my computer and fix this really quick. Because those 10 <laughs> days really forced me. Everything had to happen from in a headset, which I'd never done before. And so, yeah, there's been some adjustments. And I will say, though, it still is easier to walk back to your PC and look at it and fix an issue with your stream than try and do it from inside VR. It's not quite to that productivity level yet, at least with the way I'm using my PC, to where I want to get everything done inside of VR. Uh, we'll kind of just go back and forth. Lip, what, what did you want to ask here? To be perfectly honest, the biggest question I had, you made a whole 20 minute video on. So <laughs> I will suggest people to go check out that video. But it was about your using the Valve Index after being an Oculus Quest 2 person. Yeah. And, and that was honestly the biggest thing I, I, I was curious about that. So, I mean, if, if you want to talk about that quick or just tell people to go check out that video, that was, that yeah. was honestly the big question for me. Well, that was funny because someone else commented. They were like, this is the first time I've ever seen a Quest 2 user review the index. It's always the other way around. And so I think as someone who's been in the Quest 2 for a long time, I had some uh, some expectations of the index that surprised me because I thought the index was going to have, you know, super crisp and clear visuals and they're good, but there's a lot of screen door effect compared to a Quest 2. And I thought that the finger tracking on the index controllers, having all your fingers being tracked, able to move, I thought that was going to be really nice and really good. But if you're used to playing on a Quest 2 with actual hand tracking, it's night and day different. Yes, you can make some gestures and move your fingers and it shows them, but it's not, you know, if I'm on a Quest 2, I can tap each finger to each finger slowly and I can watch the intricacies of my hand moving in Quest 2 hand tracking. The index doesn't feel like that. You put your finger on the controller and you then you see your virtual finger drop or you take it off and then you see your virtual finger go up, but it's never exactly where your finger is. I was really surprised by that. But overall, the Index is still a solid headset. It's really good. The only thing that kept me from recommending it in the end is just it's so much money right now and there's so much on the horizon for the full kit. But I definitely, I feel like if you've been a longtime Quest 2 user, you're not going to be as overwhelmed by the Index as if you were maybe using a Quest 1 or maybe using a PSVR. You know, you're going to be blown away getting into an Index. But a Quest 2 has so many good things about it that there's still the index is better in a lot of ways, but those little things that the quest two does better shine through when you're trying the index. And for a third of the price, it definitely is like, Oh wow. I I'm glad I have the quest two. <laughs> uh, Kaylee, what else? You said you had a couple here. Um, like, so for like falling asleep, I'm wondering like oh. how on earth, like, it, like the, like, did you have to sleep in a certain way? And, um, like the process of falling asleep, was that not like, what were you seeing in the headset? So sleeping was one of the worst parts about the whole experience. So I had a quest Two cause it was wireless. I was like, okay, we're going to try some different head straps. We're going to try and find a good way to sleep. I was sleeping on an air bed cause I was sleeping in my studio, not my usual bedroom. And the first night I tried to use the Quest 2 stock strap because it's like elastic. I thought it wouldn't push on my head weird or anything. The problem was not only did you now have the weight of the headset on your face, you had the elastic pulling it further into your face. So it hurt. I would put on Netflix and I just binge watch some Netflix for you know an hour or two until my, my brain was so tired it couldn't stay awake anymore and would just fall asleep. But it was 
terrible that first night. I'd wake up all, all times of the night with this thing on my face. And you wake up, even something as simple as going to the bathroom in the night, you wake up with a headset on your face. You have to get it into pass-through mode. And pass-through mode's really bright in the middle of the night when you're trying to get to the bathroom looking through pass-through. And so it kind of wakes you back up. And so I, I don't think I ever got a great night's sleep. But I think by night three, I finally figured it out. I actually used the Kiwi Elite strap because it has rigid arms on the side. And so when you lay back and your head pushed on the pillow, those arms actually push some of that weight off your face, which made a big difference. And I used like a like a neck pillow you use on an airplane. I use that because it has that big hole in the middle and I would like rest the hole back of my head and that big head strap that's sticking out the back in that hole. And then I'd sleep on my back. I did turn on my side sometimes during the night. It wasn't the most comfortable thing. But by night three or four, I got pretty used to that. And it was bearable. I would not want to do it again, but it was bearable to make it through the 10 days. It's did, probably did, good did you that you dream picked the... Uh, oh, sorry. I did. I was surprised that I did. And I was surprised they didn't have anything to do with VR. I had a dream that I was hanging out at my neighbor's place. These two, these two guys that live next door, we've been hanging out with them a lot and showing them VR stuff. And I had a dream that I was at their place and it was this huge house. It wasn't like, it didn't look right. But you know how in dreams, you always accept your surroundings as reality, even though you know, this isn't their house. This isn't what it looks like. And I had some other dreams, but nothing had anything to do with VR specifically, which I was shocked about. Hmm. Or not even like a simulated type style or anything like Nothing. visual aesthetic. It oh. seemed like normal dreams, just, you know, normal. I have weird dreams yeah. as it is, but it seemed like nothing out of the ordinary. For me. Yeah. I did seem, I did feel like I dreamt less, but I think that was because I never got really good deep sleep having the headset yeah, on. Yeah, that makes sense. Lip, you had a question there. I, I was just going to say that it is probably good that you picked the Kiwi one. Because uh-huh. I tried to break that head strap and there is no way that you can break that head strap <laughs> unless you're like using like a knife or some sort of sharp object. So if you're turning around while you're sleeping, twisting the back of your head, you know, it's you know, I feel like the elite strap, I'd be like, this thing is going to like break as, I, as I'm sleeping. But I, I just wanted to comment because I just feel like the Kiwi was the perfect choice for that sleeping plan. It was. I really like the Bobo VR. You know, that's what I usually use all the time. But. I was like, you know, the Bobo VR bends in the middle. It's big. It's bulky. I was like, there's no way I'm going to get comfortable trying to sleep in this thing. And so that was where the Kiwi one was finally like, I think this one's the smartest decision because of those rigid arms on the side that really helped take that weight off my face. Uh, One night I did have an issue where the whole thing slipped off for about 40 minutes. My eyes were closed. I was asleep the whole time. So I was like, well, I don't think that's a big deal that that happens. I still wasn't out of VR. But the next night I was like, well, maybe I'll try adding a chin strap to this thing to like make sure it stays on. Worst mistake ever. I woke up in the night in a full-on panic thinking it was choking me to death. <laughs> so yeah. that, oh my was, God. that was not good. I woke up freaking out. I thought I was getting choked. And I, was, I immediately ripped that chin strap off. And I was like, I am not wearing a chin strap again. That sounds awful. Oh. Like you're being taken hostage in the middle. Of the night. <laughs> it was it was awful, and I was like, okay. One takeaway from this: VR is not ready to be slept in yet. There's actually someone uh, making a headset right now that they say is specifically for that, but we're not there yet. A Quest Two is a terrible headset to sleep in. I think that headset is it's set to use like Neuralink type of things, uh-huh. so I'm not too too sure if that's going to be actually like playing VR games like we're playing now. So much as it's like something that reads your brain signals and gives you a visual experience based on that. Oh yeah. That's I'm curious about that headset. Cause that sounds really interesting when you say that, but I, I keep seeing I, the pictures of it, but like you're, if you're sleeping and you're intended to be sleeping while you're in it, then you're not moving at all. So if you're not moving, then it's just a screen floating in front of you. It's not, it's I I don't know if it's really, 
Like, it, like if you can't if you can't turn at all and you're just sitting there like lying back, does that does that still really count in the same sense? <laughs> well, that was what was interesting too, because I had to leave some lights on so the Quest Two would continue to track. And there is a way going to developer tools and disable that. But I just kept thinking, man, a Vive Flow. This is the one purpose that it would have been worth getting a Vive Flow for, because it's so minimal. But the problem is, you know, it's five hundred bucks for a Vive Flow. And you have to have a battery pack or something plugged into it. So I'm still risking strangling myself with a wire in the night, which was what I was trying to avoid all along. Uh, but yeah, sleeping, eating. I wanted to get out and eat something without having to look through a headset. And being in my own bed were like the three things I was really looking forward to by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, watched, I watched you try to eat the uh, apples with peanut butter. And uh, <laughs> it definitely looked like it was not an enjoyable experience to the point where no. you just almost didn't even want to eat the apples. I I know Nat was trying to get me to eat the apples and I was giving up because the problem is apples, you know, I love apples and peanut butter, but apples are a wet food. You know, they have moisture inside of them that leaches out. So when you try and scoop peanut butter, when you can't see, it doesn't stick to the apple, you don't realize, you know. And so I kept dropping peanut butter all over myself, trying to get it on the freaking apple. No, if you're if you're doing anything dry, crackers and peanut butter would have been fine. But an apple has that slick moisture and it just kept throwing the peanut butter everywhere. And that was just awful. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I watched you drop some peanut butter, actually. Yep. Yep. I'm sure you did. People were there for all of it. And that was another thing that was different about this. This wasn't just 10 days. VR. I was streaming every second of my life for 10 straight days, uh, which was, you know, a whole different experience. Uh, Wait, so did you turn the live stream off once? Uh, the live stream, I had to stop it every 12 hours, but it was only for minutes, you know, just because YouTube yeah. won't save it beyond 12 hours. So every right. 12 hours, I'd restart it. And then there was one issue where one night it died in the night and I didn't know it did. So we lost, I think, about six hours of footage uh. there, footage of me just sleeping. But yeah, anytime there was an issue with the stream or it died or anything, I would as quickly as I could restart it. But basically, I mean, minus those six hours virtually the whole time is on the channel now for people to go see, you know, more as proof than anything else that we really did yeah. it. I, I, I thought of a question. Yeah. So the quest power button is on the side of the controller or sorry, the headset. Did you ever turn over and accidentally turn the headset off while you were sleeping? <laughs> I don't know if I did. Cause what I would do is I had to tap the button, you know, to go into sleep mode at least when at some point, cause it doesn't have enough battery to last all night. So like, just as I was drifting off or even after I had drifted off, it would either shut off or I would tap the button to shut it off in the night. But I noticed, so this is going to sound crazy and weird, but the thing that I binge watched during this was the walking dead. Uh, I've watched the show before, but I watched it from the beginning and so I would wake up, I'd go to bed the next night and go to resume it. And it would be like two episodes further than where I'd fallen asleep the night before. So I'd like keep rewinding back and finding the spot because I would fall asleep somehow with it still playing. And I mean, that probably seems like the worst thing to go to sleep to. But I just I knew the show and I was like, I'll just have this show on every night when I go to sleep. I think I got through uh, like two, almost three seasons of it during this whole 10 days. So but, but you had yeah. you had the battery bank attached to the quest, too. Was that just in general, just doing that or because I because so, so I guess you didn't really have the headset on for a lot of the period of time that it was like you weren't like it wasn't like actively like the lights in your eye and your in your eyes while you're sleeping. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't blinding me all night while I was sleeping because at some point it would stop the battery bank that was sitting next to me. I actually I usually had plugged into my phone because it got oh. to a point got to a point after the stream died that I could have the stream running on my phone. And then if I woke up during the night and I noticed the music wasn't playing, I would know something had gone wrong. With the streamer, actually, at one point, one night, I because the sh the music on the stream was set to like fifty percent, so you know it was relaxing, it wasn't real loud, and so my phone was turned all the way up 
to be able to hear that music in the bed. And one night the stream died and all of a sudden my my YouTube channel was like, oh, well, you're done watching the stream. Let's switch to a virtual reality Oasis video. And I hear Mike just screaming in my ear while I'm asleep. It, but it woke me up. It got me to go fix the stream really fast. But it was shocking. You know, you're sleeping. And then all of a sudden, this really loud thing is in your ear. So, yeah, it was there was a lot more factors about keeping the stream going and all that that were difficult and more difficult than the actual just being in VR. If I had just been in VR and left a camera, you know, running up in the corner of the room, that would have been a cinch to do 10 days. But the most challenges came from keeping engaged with the stream, dealing with stream problems and all those things. 10 days in VR isn't that hard, though, without streaming at all. Shockingly, that was a big, big learning to me because I thought it would be awful. So, so how many days has it been since you've been out of VR now? So it would have been last Saturday. So this is day eight outside of VR. So, 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 so are you having almost like a withdrawal because you spent so much time <laughs> in VR that it was like your routine that now you're missing it almost that you're like, I kind of want to go back in there. Well, here's the, again. here's the really weird thing about it. So the first night out, I went upstairs and I went to my normal bed uh, with my wife and I was laying there and I was like, you know what? I don't feel like it's been almost two weeks since I've been in this bed. My brain could not catalog the stream as what it was. It literally felt like I had been away for one night and I could not conceptualize that it had been that much time since I'd been in my own bed. And even now, when I try and think back to the stream, I have I cannot tell you what day we played Rec Room or what day we played Pavlov or what day I played Pavlov, the new mode, all these different things I did. It feels like it was one long day. I don't know if that's because I was constantly in VR. I had no day night cycles. I don't know if that was because I didn't get good sleep, but it never, ever, I can't, I still can't break it down. And that's the weirdest thing about the whole experience that I'm struggling with now. I swear that's to do with your like lack of exposure to like the like daylight and mm -hmm. that whole time system, because like I've had the exact same thing when like, when I was, when I literally, when I had COVID and every time I woke up, it was dark. Uh -huh. I thought I kept, it, I was at it for like, like over a week and, and I thought I'd been like my brain couldn't remember like when I'd last watched a certain movie and stuff like that. Like I, I, I literally thought like everything was happening in like one day. So like I completely like I, I understand that feeling and I swear it must be to do with. And for me, that was definitely because like I wasn't seeing daylight and it was throwing yeah. off like that whole like subconscious understanding of that, like of like time. And it's so that's so fascinating that you experienced that having been in the headset that whole time as well. It, we rely on more outside factors to track time than we think we do. I was actually yeah. talking with Lee from Mysterian, who's an amazing person, a uh, great supporter of the podcast here. And he was saying that astronauts, they have day night cycle stuff to simulate when they're away from the light to help them, you know, stay sane and feel good. So there's definitely yeah. a degree of like getting away from that. I didn't realize I was so dependent on that because I still cannot fathom that it was 10 straight days even though it was because i can't i can't separate anything out by day it just feels like literally it was this one long day that i did all these things and it makes you realize time is a bit more of a construct than we uh than we might think it is so i'm lost yeah. on that one <laughs> well it's funny you mentioned that because i i think back to about this this would this would be probably 12 years ago uh back on playstation home which was a very similar thing to VR chat that was on uh -huh. the PlayStation 3 10, 10, 15 years ago. But I know some of the times when I would play that, I would just, time would just disappear and you're staring at the screen. And, and that's the thing is like in the game when it's always light outside, but you're mm -hmm. having like social conversations that are, you know, feeling like you're connecting with real people, you do have that huge disconnect. 
And, uh, and I, you know, I'm thinking to myself now, I'm like, you know what? Like I almost, I almost want to like change the brightness settings on my headset, depending on the time of day, just to kind of program that in my head better. <laughs> Try and create some sort of day night cycle. I absolutely agree. It might work. It might work. <laughs> yeah. Well, this experience taught me the one thing that I went into thinking this, you know, preconceived notion, whatever you want to call it. I thought that one, it probably wasn't even possible. Like I didn't tell people I was going to do this. I told people that we hit 10 K we're going to do 10 days of celebration streams in a row. I didn't tell them it was going to be all day and all night. I didn't tell them it was going to be VR because I honestly thought what was going to happen day one. I was going to get six hours in. I was going to want to die and I was just going to quit and, and save face by not having told people I'm going to do this and fail. The biggest surprise to me was how easy it was to just to just live like this, because, you know, if you were normally going to say, oh, I'm going to start living in the metaverse, I'm going to wake up every day, I'm going to work out in VR, I'm going to socialize in VR, I'm going to play games in VR, and then I'm going to do my actual work, and then I'm going to go to bed. That doesn't mean you're going to go to the bathroom in VR. That doesn't mean you're going to sleep in VR. But you could wake up at 8am and spend 12 hours in VR and go to bed and live your life like this. And it's actually completely possible right now. From what I saw, I had no physical problems. I am going to the eye doctor tomorrow just to make sure that everything's still good, but my eyes feel great. My body felt great. I never had neck aches. Strangely, I actually had less neck pain than I normally do. I think my neck got stronger having something hanging on it all the time. And so I was totally shocked. I did not think it would be so easy as it was so that I don't know if that changes your views about like where we are in VR and stuff, but I really thought we weren't at a point where we were ready for a metaverse where people live in because I didn't think the technology was ready. And this was a big eye opener to me. I, for me, I honestly, when I saw that thing, I was like, you know what? I, I think the issue for me would be having to spend 10 days being on camera because you have mm -hmm. to you know, have a presentation on camera. And sometimes I'm just like, yeah, you know, I just I just want to relax. You know, I want to chat with my friends. I don't want to have I don't want, you know, to be on, you know, on video all the time. And that, that would be the hardest part for me is doing 10 days of that part. I think the VR thing, you know, if if, if there was an excuse to do it, I, I think I could pull it off. Yeah. What do you yeah, think, Bailey? I'm, I'm not, not to being on stream. Well, I, I was about to ask, would you, do you recommend like that? Maybe not 10 days. Maybe I don't know if I can do 10 days, but like, would you like, do you think it would be like an insightful experience for like, 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 like us, like who are already using VR all the time? Like, do you think it, do you think like you gained like something or any, any sort of insight that you think that we could benefit from by doing that? Like, even, even as a fun thing to do, even if it was just like cool or interesting, like, like what would you recommend it? I would say first I'm going to go to the eye doctor tomorrow. Let me see how that goes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me confirm that no damage was done. Mm -hmm. But I would say if you're really into VR and you're curious about this, you know, you don't have to do you don't have to do a week. You don't have to do all that. But even just try spend a day in it and see what it's like, you know, try doing your normal work that you would do with a, a monitor. I mean, I could put up six monitors if I wanted to in front of me and work, you know, in this productive way. Try, you know try socializing, try all these things and see, because it definitely showed me we're a lot closer to this idea of a metaverse. And that's even a funny thing. They're saying that because I mean, rec room is a metaverse. VR chat is a metaverse, but they're saying the metaverse, like it's going to be this big, you know, one, one thing like the internet. Uh, but it definitely showed me like, this is not this is not impossible. And it made me really realize, you know, cause I met people, I met a guy who's just this super awesome guy, super sociable. And then he told me he's extremely agoraphobic. Like he cannot leave his house without having extreme anxiety, extreme trouble. But yet in VR, you would have never guessed it. 
ever. So there are people out there that could live a much more fulfilling life with VR than they ever could have before because it it opens up that ability for them and they could do it 12 hours a day i i believe after this experience without having any ramifications from it so yeah i would say there is a lot to learn there is a lot you'll find out and there is you know not only that there's those fun weird moments if you know what i'm talking about in vr when you first get into vr and you lose yourself you lose the moment and you try to grab something you try to lean on something and you go oh my gosh that wasn't real i've been in vr for like six years now so i don't have that happen much after that period of those like seven days of adjustment, I started having weird things happen again, which is kind of exciting to us. Oh, like, so you got the novel, you got the novelty back. Yeah, some it of it's back. like so. A lot of my time I spent here at the desk when I wasn't playing games, and I had a virtual monitor up to see chat in front of me in the Steam VR home. And at one point, I was like, "Okay, we're gonna play Beat Saber now." And in the Steam VR home behind me was a panel of recently opened games. And what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to use your controller, turn around, and click on one of them from there. I tried to stand up and walk over and touch the wall. And I was like, wait a second, like right as I got two steps, I was like, what am I doing right now? But in my mind, that had become a real room around me. And it was like, okay, I just got to go over to the wall and click on Beat Saber. It wasn't a question of, oh, I need to use my controller. So I started to get some of that back the further in I went. And that was really cool because as as weird as it sounds. Yeah. Because that's kind of what we all, I I feel like that's what like we all wish that we could relive that, like that kind of feeling of like, oh, I can't touch it. Like, because now when I see people do it, I'm like, of course you can't touch it. Like, what are you on about? But like, like at the time, I completely remember, like I remember that feeling and I always want it back. Like that's that's so cool that you got to like relive it a little bit. (laughs) It takes a while. It depends on how long you've been in VR, I think. But like I said, it wasn't for seven days before I started to have any weird stuff happen like that, where I was like, whoa, whoa. It's like my brain started to finally, after a week, be like, okay, this is our new reality. We're going to start assuming as such. So that was, that was really big. You've inspired me. I like really want to try 24 hours now. If you try it, I would say 24 hours is a little tricky because like, are you going to sleep or not is the question. If you're someone who stays up. I probably wouldn't stream. I do like, I could like pull an all night night rather than I'd be like worse sleeping for a couple of hours than not just not at all. So I feel like just don't. I'd be interested as well. You know, like, well, it happens to me a lot. Like if I, if I've not slept for 24 hours, I've done it like recently, actually, like literally the, like not last night, the night before um, <laughs> I didn't sleep, I didn't sleep at all. And uh, you know that like you kind of go a little bit delirious towards the end, uh-huh. like, uh-huh. and then you perk up again. Well, in my experience, I kind of have this moment of like, I kind of go a bit crazy and then, like what I'm saying doesn't make sense. or like my, like, perspective on like my perception of things is like really warped and I would be so interested in seeing how like I would respond like having that feeling but also in virtual reality and like being in a virtual application at the same time as that experience happening that like like delirious feeling of like when you haven't slept at all like I'd love to just experience like that sounds so damaging but like (laughs) I would be so fascinated to see how that would pan out but like recording that experience as well like, I just wonder what that would be like, like well, with no sleep. If you want to do it, I'd say go for it. That was one thing. I'm not someone who ever does that. I never stay up all night. Uh, I'm usually in bed by midnight at the latest. I get eight to nine hours of sleep every night. But the last night in this, I hadn't started the 10K project that I wanted to do. Basically, I went in Minecraft and made signs of all the names of all of our subscribers in this world. And I hadn't started it. And it took so long that I ended up staying up all night. I think Lipnox even gave me a donation near the end just to help me push through and finish it. I ended up staying up till like after 8 a.m., which I never do that. 
And that was like, okay, that was the only thing that made the last day hard on me was because I didn't sleep at all. But every night before I'd had, you know, a pretty full night's sleep. It wasn't great sleep, but I'd slept. And then that last night I was like, cause I was supposed to be doing this all week and I kept procrastinating because I was playing games with people. I was talking to people in chat. I was having fun. And then I did that. That was awful just because I never stay up that late. But I definitely had that experience. There was a point at the end where I was dead tired. I still had like two hours of work and I felt awful. And then finally I got to like that last half hour and I was like, okay, I'm feeling good again. I'm feeling awake again. I can power through this. But then I fell asleep for like three hours because I was supposed to get out at noon that day. I only slept like three hours, got back up and got ready for the finale. And it was like, oh, that was the one thing that actually really <laughs> felt awful for me was just that. And it wasn't because it was VR. It's because I stayed up all night, which I never do. So yeah. yeah. Well, not not to mention your uh, diet the night before. Oh gosh, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I guessed it. I guessed it on this podcast uh, that I've been on before. But they're doing this weird new thing where if you like, they they'll have challenges, and if you get something wrong or something, you have to eat these disgusting jelly beans, these bean boozled jelly beans that like you have a chance of it being good or bad. You don't know when you eat it. And then they also wanted us to have these Burger King uh, ghost pepper chicken nuggets as another kind of punishment thing. So I just ate all this horrible crap that last night and then stayed up all night. That was probably the worst part of it all was that was that last long stretch of no sleep with that gross food. And just, yeah, I just suddenly, suddenly I was glad it was day 10 because if I had done that on day two or three, that might've messed the whole thing up for me. (laughs) That's the one thing I will say with your, with the, with the plan is that if you're doing it for your own recreation, Mm -hmm. I feel like taking the headset off to eat, to go to the bathroom Mm -hmm. and to sleep. I feel like you don't need to be wearing a headset for those situations to get the full experience still, at least the full good experience. But I do think that, you know, if you if you wake up and immediately put that headset on and for the most part, you're on it all day, you start doing that for a while. It's your brain is going to just think it's real life. Yeah. Yeah. At some point it's going to click and it's going to go. This is just our reality. This is what we do. (laughs) Well, do you guys have any other last questions before we wrap up here? I, I think you covered everything. We had a good chat about it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, well, if you're out there and you're listening right now and you're like, man, I have questions, come join our Discord server. We're on there, all of us. We're there. You know, I'm there pretty much all the time. I'm always hopping in saying, hey, to anybody who pops in, has questions about this. And a lot of the questions you hear on the podcast every single time are from our Discord community. If you really want to take it to the next level, you can go on Patreon, support us there. We really appreciate those who are doing it. It goes towards our operating costs. And even as it stands now, I think Patreon covers about half of the operating costs, which is really amazing. Uh, If you're listening and you haven't ever seen our faces, come over to YouTube, check us out there, or vice versa. If you watch us on YouTube, but you're like, oh, I don't get to finish the episode on time, take us on any audio platform you can think of because we are on it. And if we're not, come tell us on Discord and we'll get on it. But we want to say thank you so much for listening. And when it comes to VR, what do they got to do? Dive on in. Dive on in. <laughs> Dive on in. <laughs>